Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Your hosts, Tom and Julie, talk about gardening, homesteading, and connecting with the land at their 10-acre farm in Wisconsin's Driftless Area. It's time to learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day on the Small Scale Life Podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing fine. Today we're doing some new stuff. I mean, there's been a lot of new stuff lately on Small Scale Life. Um, it's kind of like it's like, kind of like we went into a little cocoon and we're breaking out. And we're showing our beautiful wings, and that is a-okay. It's awesome. So today we're starting a new series. I know we just started the My Farm Journal series, but now we've got another series that we're going to be doing as well. This one is called the Drifting to Driftless series, and, and today's podcast is going to be describing what that is, discussing what that is, and then also we're going to be talking about this week's drift. Oh yeah, that's a new thing. <laughs> we're going to make it a thing. So I'm glad you're here. Let's just jump right into it. So what is Drifting too driftless? That is a great question. So uh, I've actually, it's really weird. So when we moved to Driftless Oaks Farm, I opened up kind of my personal page, uh, Instagram page on small or on Instagram, and I called it Drifting to Driftless. And, and I don't know, I had a vision for it, but never really did much with it. I mean, I did a little bit with it. I posted a thing here or there, but that name always kind of stuck to me. And, and I guess there's a reason why. I mean, through my whole life, I've, we've been, I've been a drifter <laughs> and that sounds weird, but it, but not in that, in the, you know, homeless shifty, you know, or even Jack Reacher kind of drifter. No, 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 no. What I mean is I've moved around a lot. I've, I've lived in, gosh, a whole bunch of different states. And even since Julie and I have been married, we've lived in um, Minnesota, lived in Florida, we've lived in Illinois, we've lived, lived back in Minnesota a couple times, and now we live in Wisconsin. So we've been kind of drifting, right? And we've been drifting, we've been exploring, we've been on adventures, and now we've set our roots down in the Driftless. So that is... That is kind of the thought I had when I started drifting to Driftless and really connected with some cool people in the Driftless area. They started following my page. I started following theirs. A lot of people down in Verroqua, Wisconsin, they're really cool. A lot of people in La Crosse and some in our own backyard, which is really neat. And um, I kind of, I don't know, this idea has been rolling in the back of my head a lot. And and really, the Drifting to Driftless series, I, I travel. I travel for work. I wander, I drift, (laughs) you know, and it's part of my job and I go to interesting places. So I'm not always at Driftless Oaks Farm. I'm not always at the farm. I might be somewhere else. I might be in Wisconsin. I might be in Minnesota. I might be in Wisconsin. And lately I've been in Salt Lake City. I've been in San Antonio. I've been in Austin. I've been in Dallas. I've been in South Florida. I'm going to go to Chicago. I'm going to Michigan, probably back down to Texas. So I'm going to be bouncing around a little bit. And there's interesting stories. There's interesting things to see. There's things to see along the way. For example, I mean, you stumble across things in Darwin, Minnesota. A great example is Darwin, Minnesota, a little town 
there's the world's biggest ball of twine. Aren't you glad you knew that? I mean, I just kind of discovered it when I was when I was doing my job. I ran across this little pavilion, and there in the middle, in the glassed-in case, is the world's biggest ball of twine. Crazy. I know, right? So, you know, as you travel, and you've heard people talk about this when they go to other countries. Uh, they travel the world, and they see different things. They get different experiences. They, they gain new knowledge. I've talked about this too. Whenever you do a garden visit, you learn something new. You see something new. You see it when you're camping, right? When we were in Boy Scouts, you'd walk through the campground and you're looking at other people's stuff going, huh, that's a pretty good idea. I think I'm going to try that. You gain knowledge. People are doing different things. They're trying different things. They come up with different solutions. And then, hey, you can build on that. You can, you can borrow that. You can build on that. You can improve on that. And develop your own thing. I mean, it's that is the total cool thing about about wandering and drifting and observing, really observing. And that's really what this series is all about. It's really a quest for knowledge, a quest for adventure, a quest for experiences, learning something new, seeing eagles along the way. <laughs> that's something that I always do is count the eagles that I see. Um, you know, in in. And there's a history of that, right? There's, I mean, even way back in ancient religions, right? People wandered, right? Gilgamesh wandered. Odin, the Norse god, wandered. That was his thing. He was the king of the gods. He was a god of war. He was a god of knowledge. And to get knowledge, to try to stave off the Ragnarok, the end of the world, the end of the cycle, he wandered. He wandered the earth to gather as much knowledge as he could to figure out how he could stop the end of the world. So there's history of that. Our people wander. That's what we do. I mean, Americans, how, how often have you heard? Well, if there's jobs down there, just go down there, right? Leave your leave their birthplace, go down, find the jobs. I mean, that's what people do. They wander. So I'm not Odin. I'm not a god. I am just a dude. And I wander for part of my job. And I'm not always going to be at the farm. And I see some really cool things. I experience some really cool things as I wander. So that is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking about. I've done previous kind of one-off posts and podcasts about that. Uh, I I know I was down in Tomo, Wisconsin. I did one way back in 2018 or so. One of the first ones I did was... um, was uh, driving up to my mom's to, I don't know, take something up there, and it was in the kind of right in the fall, and things were really starting to freeze up, and, and uh, you know, it, it was just kind of a little bit of an adventure. Every trip I have, there's something unique about it. I see something new. Um, if you've been following uh, Small Scale Life, you see barn pictures, you see pictures of barn dominiums. You see pictures of creeks and rivers and streams and maybe see videos of that. Uh, That's my wandering. That is what I do. And I love it. I've always loved it. Ever since I was a little guy um, exploring towns. And I think that's part of my love for railroads. I think it's part of my love of history is getting into these towns, going places where it's on the back roads. You're not going to see it if you're zipping by 70, 80, 90 miles an hour on the freeway not going to see it. You're not going to see this kind of stuff. You've got to get off the main road. You've got to get out there and see it. And I know it's tough. I mean, it's tough because you got places to be and things to do. I know it's tough because the gas prices are so freaking high right now. 
but there's a whole world out there that that you're never seeing. There's a whole world out there in these little byways and these little brooks and these little little places that you'll never see unless you get off the main road, if unless you take the path less traveled, right? So, yeah, this Drifting to Driftless series is a chance for me to talk about what I see and what I experience. That's it. It's kind of like the Travel Channel, <laughs> except in the Midwest of the United States or wherever I go. I mean, I've got a phone. I've got a phone and flash drives full of pictures and videos and snippets and things and ideas that I've just been sitting on because I don't know what to do with it. But I'm like, you know, why don't we do that? Why don't we just talk about that? Look at that. There's an eagle flying right over me right now. You know, I travel a lot and this is what I do and this is what I experience. So why not talk about that? So in case you're uh, keeping score, um, I'm driving right now, of course. I'm in my car. It's on the road series. So I'm, I'm going to be doing these in my car. I have long drives sometime. Sometimes it's nice to just listen to music but sometimes, or a podcast or an ebook, Or sometimes it's just kind of nice to talk to a microphone, to talk to you. And that's totally cool. And, and this just helps me organize my thoughts and, and kind of sets the tone of what we're going to be doing. Things change in small-scale life. That's, that's part of my small-scale life my life is changing. I am changing. That's just what we're going to be doing now. So I am drifting. I am drifting right now. As you speak, I'm heading north out of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'll talk about that in a second, but I'm always going to ground back home. I'm always going to come back home to my, and put my roots deep in the Driftless at Driftless Oaks Farm with Jules. That's what I'm going to be doing. And it's exciting. Really? It's really exciting. So we're not always going to be talking about farm stuff and cutting wood and splitting wood and growing stuff. We're going to be traveling. We're going to be having adventures. And and really, if you look at the history of small-scale life, this is where we started. I'm kind of coming back to basics, really. I mean, when we started small-scale life, it was about me trying to lose weight, which I'm still trying to do. It's a battle. It's a struggle. I haven't been successful at it. We'll talk about gardening because gardening helps with the fitness and the wellness piece. It's good for my soul and it's good for the body, right? Homegrown, homegrown food and veggies, good for your budget. Then three is adventure. Getting outside, getting out there, seeing the world. So that was really where we started. We're kind of coming back right to where we started. A one big-ass circle. And you know what? That's really okay. Maybe maybe I was on to something in the first place, right? Maybe I knew kind of where I needed to be in the first place. Drifting. <laughs> so yeah, this is what, this is what we're doing. Um, so we've got a couple series now going on at Small Scale Life. It's like church, right? And we've got a couple different series going on. We've got um, the My Farm, My Farm Journal. We're going to be talking about the farm stuff. And now we've got Drifting to Driftless where we're going to be talking about my little trips and observations and things I'm learning and seeing and doing and growing on the way. That's what we're up to. This is the first one. This is the first official Drifting to Driftless little podcast. Um, you know, there's going to be videos. There's going to be pictures. There's going to be stuff supporting this because I've got tons 
and that way I can put it out there and I can get them off my phone or get them off my hard drive. It's just going to be out there for, for the world. And, and I get it. Some people don't want to see somebody's what I did last summer pictures or vacation pictures and all that stuff. That's cool. No worries. If that's, if, if, if you don't want to, that's totally cool. It's not for you. If you want to see a little different slice of life and not in the big city and you want to see these little small towns in the woods or in the, in the farmland of Iowa and the woods of Minnesota and the lakes of Minnesota and the woods and lakes and rivers of Wisconsin. Hey, check it, check it out. Cause some days I might be in the, in a big urban area like Detroit or Chicago or Miami or Fort Lauderdale or Austin or San Antonio or Dallas. I mean, you never know where I'm going to be. It's like where in the world is Tommy cakes, not Carmen San Diego, but Tommy cakes. So it's what we're going to be doing. So I'm drifting right now. As a matter of fact, this week's drift, haha. This week's drift is down into Iowa. I I do cover Iowa as part of my job, so I've been going down into Iowa a little bit. And to be honest with you, I really didn't know much about Iowa at all. A couple little fun facts for you. It's not all flat, and it's not all corn. I mean, I'm driving through cornfields right now, but there are hills in Iowa. There is some relief, and there's a lot of creeks and brooks and rivers and cool places Iowa is part of the Driftless on the east side of Iowa. You have the Driftless area, which just speaks to my soul. And the hills and the Mississippi River and the burial mounds, these little towns wedged in between between the river and the bluffs and just the hills. You get pulled back from the river up in the bluffs and the hills. I mean... It is, there's little farms, there's little homesteads, little towns. It is just, it speaks to my soul. It speaks to my soul. And um, I always got it, which is really cool. In fact, I'm going to be driving through the Driftless on my way home. Um, I'll get to that in a second. But, you know, a couple other little things about Iowa. Uh, It's... Uh, talking with a guy from Iowa DOT this week, he, he made an interesting point. He said, you know, Iowa, Iowa at one time had 11,000, 11,000 miles of railroad track. And every county, the county seat, the, the county seat, the main city in each county had a railroad in it. The railroad track went through the county seat. And the reason for that was a farmer could load up his wagon, his or her wagon, take that produce, take that grain, take that corn from the farm to the county seat, unload it, and get back in a day. That was how it was all set up once upon a time. Now it's not like that. (laughs) It's not like that anymore. Things have changed here in Iowa. There's probably four to 5,000 miles of track, so less than half. You can see the old abandoned right away. It's a little sad, uh, but that's the story of railroading in in the United States. Um, really, the railroads have focused on core lines and driving business to those core lines. So that's kind of how that works out. But uh, and, and the the rail lines are really really uh, east, west, north, south, and uh, to the major urban areas through it, and then down to bigger ports to the west or east or north or south, you know, so it's really the kind of the crossroads, uh, things are going, flowing through it, but there's a lot of agribusiness here, there is a ton of big industry in, in 
uh, Iowa, and the, and that's kind of flows right into Cedar Rapids. At I was next in stop sign. Turn left. Okay, you're turning left at the next stop sign. So the um, Cedar Rapids has a lot of agro industrial base. It is a spaghetti bowl of railroad track. Um, it's a busy little town, and uh, you know not everything is agricultural. There is a really cool historic section of Cedar Rapids. It's it's called the Czech Village, so Czechoslovakian Village. And for those of us like myself who has a large Czechoslovakian heritage, going down there was really cool to kind of get get to the quote unquote old country. <laughs> A lot of Czechoslovakian people lived in Cedar Rapids. They settled there, and that was a really happening spot for the Czechoslovakian community. Uh, so it was cool. I went in there. Unfortunately, when I got there, most of the shops were closed. So um, so I, I really couldn't hang out there too long. There was nothing to do. There was a, a bar that was open, and I went in there. They had. I asked them, do they have any authentic Czechoslovakian food? And they said they had goulash. And, uh, I, I don't know, I, I haven't, um, I haven't had Czechoslovakian goulash. So I did order a bowl of that. It was really good. Um, it was meat and, and kind of a red sauce. And then they had these, uh, some bread on the side, you know, and it was, it had a little bit of a rye taste to it. The bread, I mean, and, uh, overall there was some spices in that goulash that reminded me of my grandma's cooking. Uh, she passed away in 2009, so um, it, it brought me back a little bit. I mean, she didn't make goulash. I haven't had it before, but there were some spices in there that just said, mm, yeah, I get you, man. <laughs> so maybe it's some of that deep down, I don't know, some of that history there. I don't know, but it was good. It was really good, and it was nice to see it. So you have several little shops and antique stores and bakeries and stuff there. It was really cool, and then you go across the Lion Bridge across the river, and there is the Bohemian Village, and that has got, um, you know, uh, bars and some breweries and some other things there. So, kind of a cool little spot in, in Cedar Rapids, so if you're there, check that out. If you're Czech, check it out. And uh, really, I it was it was nice time in, in Cedar Rapids. I stayed in a little newer hotel, and it was just, it was good. So, um, thumbs up there. Uh, also, Cedar Rapids has a massive farmer's market, huge, like 140 vendors come there. It's quite the deal, um, really well attended. So if you are there on like a Thursday, Friday, or the weekend, hit the farmer's market and uh, go go shop local. I mean, there are probably tons of vendors selling all kinds of fresh produce. So go check that out as well. I also spent some time in Mount Vernon as part of this drift. Uh, Mount Vernon is the home of Cornell College, uh, private school there. I was there in town yesterday. Just a really nice, quiet town, except for the railroad that comes through. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, a nice college town, beautiful campus, some beautiful buildings on their campus. They have this one up on the hill. I'll have that picture on the, the article in smallscalelife.com. And uh, it looks like a castle. I mean, it's it's part of the lecture hall, historic building, really neat to see that. It had, um, uh, Mount Vernon has a really nice downtown with restaurants and shops, um, some art galleries. So really, really kind of a, a nice small town, nice college, small town, something that I'm used to from, from my college days. 
Um, and finally, I'm on my way home. I'm racing north to get back home, kind of beating the uh, beating uh, ahead of the rainstorms. I'm heading through Decorah, Iowa, and Decorah is a really neat town. Again, home to another college. I think Norbert College is there. They've got a Norse feel in their in their in the college because they're the Vikings, but they've got a Norse feel in the town. Um, some Scandinavian uh, sculptures and and wood carvings and such. Really cool if you're into that kind of stuff. They've got a great historic district um, where they've they've uh, kept some of the historic pioneer houses, the old mill, some of those old structures and preserved them there. So it's, it's a really neat park. Uh, the gateway to the park is a Nordic structure, uh, Nordic wood carved, hand carved structure. Really, really cool. Uh, but par- probably my favorite part of Decora. Yes, it is. Absolutely favorite part is Seed Savers Exchange. They're just north of town. And uh, I love Seed Savers Exchange. I usually get all my seeds from Seed Savers Exchange. I love the heirloom seeds. And and I visited Seed Savers Exchange in, uh, in earlier this spring in like March or April. I think it was April. It was April I visited Seed Savers Exchange. So there was nothing really growing yet because the frost was just coming out. They hadn't planted out anything, but man, they had a really cool visitor center. Uh, they have a great property there. There's bluffs. There's a creek, a trout stream. They allow trout fishing. There's an orchard. I mean, there is there are trails you can walk and hike there. Um, and it was just gorgeous. The grass was so green. They hadn't brought any of the animals there yet. So it was, it was pretty quiet, pretty chill. But um, the visitor center was gorgeous. All wood inside. Um, seeds of all kinds there. I picked up um, blueberry plants and elderberry plants. The elderberry aren't doing very well. But that's, my, that's on me. I didn't get them in the ground fast enough. Um, we'll see if they grow. If they don't, no worries. I'll just get some more from Seed Savers Exchange. <laughs> but, um, it, you know, I've been to Magnolia. I've, I've been to different places. I've been to Disney World. It was like, eh. But Seed Savers Exchange got me excited. I got so excited being there because I just, I love what they're doing. I love the mission there. Um, I love the property. Man, it was gorgeous. And so gonna be driving through there will I stop I don't know I could <laughs> get home but I might stop you know we'll just it's a game time decision oh my gosh but um I just it makes me happy and and the the good thing about Decora too I didn't realize that until after uh well I didn't know it until after I'd been there um we had family connections to Decora, Iowa and uh, my mom's aunt, I believe, lived there and had had a farm there. A grandmother, great grandmother. There's a, there's a family connection. I, I have it in other videos. So there's a connection due to Cora, and uh, the the family had a farm there. Uh, my mom visited the, visited it when she was very young, uh, but there was a big farm there. So there's a farming connection that ties me to Decora, And I know Mariah, the energy healer, intuitive energy healer, she's been on the show a few times now. She's been to Decora to do her thing. She's got some really good connections there. So 
there's there's a lot to love about Decora, and it's in the Driftless. What <laughs> cherry on the top, right? So um, can't wait to go through there in in about an hour or so. I'll be driving through. Uh, who knows? I might get a little more footage um, in Decora. I'm gonna pass this truck here. Might get a little more footage in Decora and uh, share that with you. I want to put that all together for you. Um, that that is another reason for doing this drifting to driftless series. Is uh, I can actually post some of the stuff and it'll make sense. It's like why are you posting this? It doesn't make sense. Now it makes sense. So yeah, that's our drift. I'm coming through the driftless. Going to go through the, the the Mississippi River Valley. I'm super excited about that. Just going to be great getting back home. So. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. Welcome to the Drifting to Driftless series. Hopefully that all makes sense. Um, gave you some ideas of places to go, things to see in uh, Cedar Rapids, in Mount Vernon, and now Decorah. So uh, check out the post at smallscalelife.com. There, there will be um, pictures and some videos from this drift. And, uh, and yeah... This is a new thing we're doing. I'm really excited about it. So, welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. Things are always changing. You never know what Tommy Cakes is going to pull out on you. So, that's it for our show. We'll see you real soon. Remember to learn, do, grow, be a little better every day. I've got more trips coming, so get ready for more drifting. And, uh, and remember, get back home. Get outside. Take your shoes off. Put your feet in the grass. Ground. Connect. And learn to grow. Be a little better every day. This is Talk from Small Scale Life. We'll see you real soon. Take care, everybody. In closing, from the north to the south, from the east to the west, and everywhere in between, may the gods, spirits, and folk be blessed at this place. May we heal the land and protect the soil, animals, and plants. May we live in strength and love, leading the way as we learn, do, grow, and be a little better every day. This is Tom from the Small Scale Life Podcast. We'll be back with another show. In the meantime, stay safe and take care, everybody. This has been a production of Small Scale Life Media.